Hello and welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train Jared Freed coming alive from the West Village of Manhattan. That's right. Every Monday, we read your emails, we hear your stories, we answer your questions. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for being a listener. Thank you for being involved in this podcast. It is my greatest joy to hear back from you, for you to say, oh, it's my favorite podcast, or I love listening on Mondays, or you help me through that that gym, that, that workout, or wherever you're listening to me. Isn't it weird you're listening to me somewhere? I'm, I'm following you. I'm just in your ear. I always say this about the podcast. It is the only, it is one of the few art forms where I'm in your body. I'm literally inside of you right now. You put in an earbud, and I'm just tickling your eardrum. And you might enjoy that description. You might be put off by that description. Maybe you're sitting there going, wow, I'm never going to listen to this again. That is the chance I just took with describing the podcast, which it, the way I describe it to friends of mine. I say, isn't it, isn't it weird that we're inside of people's skulls? Like, that's crazy. I, and I, listen, I'm a podcast listener. We've gotten off to a weird start. That's okay. If you're listening right now, I'm on the road, people. I want you to come to a show. Fall fall is the time of year. Catch a show. New, you know, new season, new love, new adventures. If you're listening right now, um, I believe I'll be in Detroit, Michigan. I got Detroit. I haven't done stand-up in Detroit ever. I'm going to have family there. You can try and figure out who in the crowd is is my aunt and uncle and cousins. You can see, oh, he kind of looks like Jared, you know, little, that looks like Jared's eyeball or something. <laughs> I'm going to be in Detroit. I'm going to be in Albany, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Mohegan Sun, Timonia, Maryland, Richmond, Virginia, and, and, and finally, Boston, Massachusetts. People, I want to thank you if you've already bought tickets for the Boston show. The show's sold out, so we're adding a second. Yeah, I'm taking a chance, people. We're taking a chance. Because it, it's the Wilbur Theater. It's a theater. That's right. I am a Broadway act now. Um, it's hard to get people to come out. So I'm very appreciative. I'm taking a chance by adding another. It could be me and seven people that I went to high school with. But who knows? So if you haven't gotten tickets for Boston, I added that show specifically for you, jaredfried.com, for tickies. Also, I want to clue you in. Some of you are already YouTube people and you're watching on YouTube now. Hello, YouTube people. Um, some of you are not. The UUP podcast has started a YouTube a YouTube page. So you can watch full episodes of the YouTube podcast of the of the YouTube podcast. You can watch full episodes of the uh UUP podcast on YouTube and very special, I don't know if you know this, our live Chicago UUP show, which is a not a stand-up show, it's just a it's a live podcast, but it, it I, I take a lot of pride in the live you up podcast show because I've been doing live podcasts probably one of the uh, for a while now, probably one of the first. I, I'll give myself that credit. I was one of the first and I did elements of the podcast that that would become a live act. And so like dating app profile makeovers and deal reveal and translating the text and playing red flag deal breaker. So Jordana and I put together a live experience that's meant to be watched, not listened to. So that is why on YouTube, on the you up page, you can go and watch the full Chicago show for free, free on the subject of YouTube and free. I want to introduce today's guest. A uh, fantastic comedian, hilarious, uh, an okay Peter. The show has been on before. Original key player, Liz Mealy. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. I uh, I'm super excited about your Wilbur show. I've done it. I featured there for people. It's a big theater and filled with people that really aggressively use their R's. I'm just oh, so yeah. excited for you. <laughs> it's a very aggressive state, Massachusetts. Um, I'm from there, so it's very it's it's funny. I've gotten like messages from like you know, high school friends and I, like out of the woodwork, you know, like I, you know, we live in New York city. So we're like, you know, we're like radio city music hall. Like every city, no matter where you are, has that theater that you're like, Oh, who's playing there? Like it matters 
And back home, the Wilbur, you know, matters to people. And people are like, so I'm getting messages like, like even the messages are like, you do comedy? Like, you know, like. <laughs> I was about to say that because like I started when I was 16. So people yeah. actually in high school knew I did stand up. But nobody in a million years thought, people didn't even know who I was, let alone that I like would be successful. So I can't even imagine somebody that didn't know you did stand up. They see your face in the Wilbur and they're like, he has to be like a Tony Robbins type. Like there's right. no way that he's, <laughs> there's no way, you know what I mean? Because nobody... I really think about 80% of comedians, nobody in a million years would have thought they would do comedy. There's only like two real class clowns. Everybody else is like, what? Re you're, you're exactly right. And you know, also it's the reason like stand-up isn't really, um, is kind of like, uh, isn't really respected is everyone thinks, well, I, I could do that. Yeah, I'm funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you go, so you don't really think of anyone else as being like, funny stage funny yeah you know so when you're in high school you're like oh that yeah those are the guys that were you know joking around all the time you never think of like maybe the class clown you'd be like well you i, I guess you don't even think of it as a class job clown, class clowns end up in prison by the way right. that's where class clowns end up class right. but the recruit like the like the weirdo or like it's usually mm -hmm. people that are pretty good at something like i think about like a matthew bouchard who's like incredibly good at math and like right. still does like sat prep for people and doesn't have to financially right. does not have to he enjoys it those are the people that weirdly make it and then the people that are a class clown you're just like oh yeah he like killed his wife right like, they had a joke and <laughs> that person couldn't hold a job couldn't get up in the morning to do yeah. like actual work but the amount I of work that you know both having a podcast and, and, mm -hmm. and touring and, and and writing and all the stuff that you've done the amount of you have to have like seven jobs to do this successfully Right. And you have and and the other thing you have to do, and this was told to me pretty early on that like good comics are good listeners. They in and they listen to the crowd, they listen to people the way they say things. They're they're big noticers. Like yeah. my my mom growing up used to always be like, You're so sensitive, you're so sensitive, you're so sensitive and I'd be like, I'm not sensitive because I don't care. I'm just telling you what this person is doing and they're an asshole like yeah. I, <laughs> both things are true so wait, I, I, go yeah. ahead please i was gonna say but that sensitivity i, I used to believe I'm, I'm extremely sensitive was always seen as a, a, a fault and something that i was embarrassed about and right. then between therapy and also people starting to connect with my brand of humor you go oh yeah i'm the one not only noticing it i'm having a unique perspective about it and i'm having the bravery to talk about it in a way where i'm not hiding my sensitivity. So I think that's the other thing is that there's people that are a not sensitive, then there's people that are sensitive and it's scared. And then right. we're that breed of sensitive and not scared. And on the subject of connecting with your material, you put out a standup special and I'm looking at it right now. Okay. You put out a special, the, the worst bad day. No, what the C what's the first special you put out? The first, the first real special I put out was Self Help Me, but I re-released an album called Emotionally Exhausting that's from like almost 10 years ago before that. So people think I have three specials, but it's really just the video of an album. Well, there's one that matters the, and <laughs> more than all of them, and it's the one that has a million views on YouTube. Yeah, and yeah, I'm proud of it. I, I mean, that's amazing, and... When that started happening, I'm I, and I don't I'm not putting down any other, but like when that happens, what do you? When do you start noticing something getting? You know, you, when you get to three hundred thousand, are you like, what the fuck is going on? Like you have that happen on TikTok where you have something kind of blow up, you'll go, wait, it's moving. the The number keeps going up, and yeah. this is this is a segue to tell everyone who's listening, go watch Liz's special. Uh, it's out right now. It's on her YouTube page. We're going to have the link in the bio of this episode. It's a fantastic special. It's called The Ghost of Academic Future. It is the follow-up to the last special, which you released in 2020. So w tell me about when you started noticing, like, pop off, so to speak. So self-help me, it was kind of crazy. I'm beyond shocked for many reasons. I think I had, like, 20,000 followers when I put it out. So like uh -huh. not nothing, but not enough that, you know, people, when something goes viral, people think it has to have millions of views. But the way I actually see viral is that you just go outside your fan base. So anything outside of 20,000 
is viral because now it's not people that already know me. It's not friends and family. It's not fans. We're going outside of my fan base and my connections. So if I would have gotten 30,000, I would have been like, good job, Liz. Right. No, but, but that's a, that's a healthy way to look at it. I think a lot of people get disappointed. They're like, well, I'm going to, I have this idea and you get ahead of yourself. I'm, I'm looking at 1.5 million views and it came out May, 2020. So we're talking pandemic time. We're not just talking pandemic time. It was during the riots in New York where oh people God. were like breaking it. And so I felt like I couldn't promote it. I'm like the whitest of white ladies <laughs> and Black Lives Matters is happening, but also it's a bunch of riots. So like, you know, everybody's putting up their black square on Instagram. Nobody's talking about themselves. And I had to be like, Black Lives Matter. Fully yeah. believe that. But I did and pay also, a lot of money to make this. <laughs> if there's one person, black people, you don't need to watch. You're busy. Yeah, but, I know. But it, it, was, it was. It was. It was. I barely talked about it because I felt like such a piece of shit. It is so funny. I, I I think that is the funniest thing because I I actually know so a friend of mine. She was like, I was like, when we talk about her birthday, it came up, and she goes. I've had a couple bad birthdays. She's like, last year I got really sick, and then 2020, it was Blackout Tuesday. And I go... <laughs> I love that she took it. She was like, Blackout Tuesday? I could not. <laughs> I could not. Imagine it's your birthday, and you're ready to like post. Like You're ready to get all your story posts. Your day just gets... And I, listen... This is if you're listening and getting angry, I, I don't understand what's wrong with you because this is an acknowledgement of like, yeah, you just know there's something called cur you know, common courtesy to what's yeah. going on in the world. Yeah. Like it's awareness. Like she's literally saying, I can't post a thing. And it's the same okay. where you're saying, like, okay, I have and again, whenever I have and I wanna I I hope this message gets to people listening. Liz invested money. Liz invested her time, her effort, her skill in to making us work and all my savings. And I had to be like, no, I get it. I right. get it. This isn't about me. <laughs> but, but I was but, like, shit, 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 shit. And I didn't know when I could talk about it. So I basically was like, hey, but like, mm. I, literally I have a, a, a news, I have a newsletter and like I had told people months before that it was happening. So there was some, but I, I didn't. Like I didn't hire, hire a PR. I literally did right. nothing. I kind of like in the night was like, it's out. If, if you guys, if you need to take a break <laughs> from sadness, here it is. But I respect. <laughs> and also Black Lives Matter. Black Lives, you, like you say it three times, like I Beetlejuice. Do, like do. you have to like. <laughs> like Genuinely. I was just like, I was just like, I don't, I don't know how to handle this in a respectful way. So I'm just going to just do what I'm supposed to do as a good person. And just whatever happens, happens. So Unbelievable. I'm so so you put it out when does it start like tick 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 because i'm you know like that's got to be an amazing feeling you're going like and it's almost like i would imagine you're like i don't know what the fuck is going on here like well also it was still pretty much the heart of the pandemic because um it's i think it was like early may that i put it out i can't remember but um i'm still just worried about surviving just worried about right when are we going to leave or if we're ever gonna, like we're still doing zoom shows at this mm -hmm. we're not even we don't start doing like park and rooftop shows until july of 2020 so right. i'm still indoors unsure if i'm ever going to be able to pay my bills and i don't remember when it started to take off what i do remember is when it hit half a million mm. i got an agent and i've never okay. had an agent. <laughs> and it sounds crazy but i had I had been flirting with agents and agents have been like getting back to me for like four years where they'd be like, right. I heard that. And you, you, I don't know what your experience is, but I've always been like just outside of acceptance. So it'd always be like, I heard of you, send us more. And then I I'd sure. write this long email of everything I've ever done and my hopes and dreams. And, and they'd be the, like, so sorry. Sorry to interrupt, but for the listeners at home, like this is, you know, getting an agent that's your window into like actually making this a career. Like yeah. it is without the agent, you're the agent. You're the one finding, you know, opportunities and putting the contracts together. And so, you know, and, and there's this thing called Nepo kids now, nepotism kids where they're like owning that they're like parents or big celebrities. And it's like, Oh, that's fun in games. And then you realize like, if your parent has an agent, they just hand you the agent's assistant to be your agent. Like, that is, you know, like that's a different form of nepotism that is beyond money. It's it's yeah. it's finding you a career, which is like, yeah. and so 
when P, you know, to get an agent, that's in like, it's to be congratulated. It's also like, you're probably like, thank goodness, this is a part well, of my life. Somebody that goes, oh, I can make money off you, and right, like, and like, truthfully, I've I fig I had figured it out before. I was financially fine. I had my own fan base. I was putting theater, mm-hmm. at least baby theater th- shows together, so I was doing fine. But it's exhausting. I'm I right. am writing to all the bookers, finding the theaters in each city, um, you know, writing to fans and, and telling them when I'm, you know, my newsletter and stuff, get, making videos every week. I still do a lot of that stuff, but I, w- I was doing a hundred percent of like right. seven jobs, and now I'm doing, you know, maybe a hundred percent of two jobs and thirty percent of the other jobs. So now, or you're just that. adding, you're adding someone in that can that has a better you know, lake to fish from, you know, so, so you get to 500,000 and then you're at that point, you're probably like, this is enough. Well, I get to 500,000 and an agent, I always keep people in the loop. That's the best. I've always been good at business sense. And so this agent, I had been writing to him once a year for like 10 years or like twice a year for 10 years. And he's always known me, always been super nice to me. My friend was with him forever. And I had emailed him just to be like, I have a special if you want to check it out. And that was, Mm let's say a couple months earlier, he's the one that checked in to see how well it was doing and was like, you're at 500,000 views. I would like to talk to you about representing you. And what's funny about it is other people at that agency were starting to talk to me, but I had such little faith that it was going to happen that I was just like, sure, get in line, bud. Um, And then of course, three people that didn't know, I didn't realize they didn't communicate. So they all were like, oh, everyone is, everyone in the office brought you up in a meeting. And I was like, there we go. And I was like, that's exciting. So it was just, it was nice. The fans and all that stuff was nice to be validated, but I've not always had it, but I've been very, my fan base has always been there for me. The industry side hasn't. So it's Mm. the first real moment where the industry side saw what I was doing. And because I spent so much money and because I worked so hard on that special, that was like the real like, oh shit. Like Like it's some, the investment paid off. I and invested now, in myself and now I'm I'm really reaping the benefits. And now we are on to the second special, the second YouTube special, and it's called The Ghost of Academic Future. You taped it at New York Comedy Club. We want everyone to go to Liz Mealy's Insta- Instagram, at Liz Mealy, but all, more important, her YouTube. You can subscribe to her at Liz Mealy on YouTube or youtube.com slash Liz Mealy. It's already cooking. It's already getting tons of views. It's hilarious. Everyone go watch it. Why'd you call it The Ghost of Academic Future? It's a line. Um, so first of all, I have a couple of ghost jokes in it. So my first five minutes is about not believing in ghosts. Mm-hmm. And then I have a kind of a callback to, because I bring up, um, what do you call it? Sorry, my cat's trying to break into this office that I'm in. It's really <laughs> funny. He's not allowed in because he would just be jumping off my head. But um, uh, um, so I do a callback to the Christmas Carol, which is what I bring up in uh, the first joke. And then serendipitously, I brought up something else and I actually have an interaction with some fans in the audience about ghosts. So it was, it was it, the whole thing. I talk about ghosts a lot, but really the ghost of academic future, it's a joke about hating math and being bad at it and how it just doesn't matter. Like they force it on you. I got, mm-hmm. I was grounded so many times for not knowing my times tables and being bad at it. And no, it, it isn't, it doesn't affect me and just <laughs> how mad. And it's a really dark joke, but I'm like, why why are they school shooters? I should be a school shooter. I grew up and found out that math doesn't matter and right. I lost nights and weekends and sleepovers because of it. Like why am I not hurting people? <laughs> You're going to die earlier because of the stress that math has put in your life. Yeah. yeah. And it does not matter. If you know how it- to add anything I would say anything after the 3rd grade you don't use. <laughs> well, I want everyone to go follow go follow Liz at Liz Mealy on Instagram. The special it is called The Ghosts of academic future you're going to love it make it a date night put it on your tv watch it on your phone wherever you do your youtubing go 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 are you ready to do some emails i would love to jtrainpodcast at gmail.com jtrainpodcast at gmail.com also liz you were there when we both did the ted talk together and you did a fantastic job how did you feel after uh the ted talk experience you know, it's funny because we did, we had different, like, I just did stand up and you did like kind of more of a funny talk, which mm-hmm. I think that doing what you did would have stressed me out. Um, I was stressed. I can, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, both things would have stressed. I was stressed in the sense that I don't know if the TED talk audience was my audience and everybody's mm-hmm. talking about like climate change and like right. race in, in, in the future and like all this stuff. And I'm out there being like ghosts. 
Let's right, talk right. <laughs> so it is a little bit like I know people like the reprieve, but also I just didn't know they were good. I don't think auditorily it translated and I haven't really been pushing my TED talk because I had my special coming out. Yeah. So I I don't know. In my mind, it was a unique experience and I met a lot of cool people and I was so glad you were there. But I don't I don't know if I would do it again. I don't right. know. Right. I, I, I was happy that. to have I, I, I totally understand. Happy to have done it don't know if I want to do it you know like it's um yeah. it's in the be- in the rearview mirror it was what you're saying is true though like the idea that you're on stage with people who are like you know trying to inspire and trying to change the world in this one room in Reno Nevada and then you go up and you like I'm going up and being like so dating's tough you know like I yeah. <laughs> and it's I like I literally walked on stage I was this gonna I was like this is gonna be significantly less inspiring like, right just <laughs> <laughs> take it down a notch but i i did appreciate that the audience is there for whatever is brought to them yeah they are like looking at you going okay done with inspiration time like i i just thought it was funny that i remember when they introduced us they're like in order of how we were gonna go and yeah. then with the guy in before me like literally they're like they introduced the guy who's gonna go before me and he's like this jacked up at, you know sober former addict like and i'm like yeah. oh this guy he's gonna to make people cry he's gonna make people cry and feel like they can do anything and then i have to talk about how dating is weird right it's so crazy um but i was happy you were there made me feel good oh same Uh, i was had a great set and it was nice to have a friend but uh okay so let's get to the emails jtrainpodcast.gmail.com if you have questions send them in jtrainpodcast.gmail.com we're here at liz mealy at liz mealy go follow go follow go follow watch the special you're going to love it the ghost of academic future it is in the bio of this episode boyfriend working too much overtime Feather, feather, and all that jazz. How do you ask your partner to work less overtime? My boyfriend and I moved in together three months ago, just uh, just over after just over two years together. So they moved in three months ago. They've been together two years. We are both essential workers, so we have both been going into work for the whole pandemic. I am a nine one one dispatcher, to, so my shifts are sporadic, eight to twelve hours, with a mixture of days, nights, and weekends. My boyfriend usually works a regular eight to four, Monday to Friday. He has never complained about my unpredictable unpredictable schedule and is very understanding. My issue is that since we moved in together, he has been given the option of working overtime and has gone into work 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. five days a week. Is it wrong for me to ask him to cut back to even just a couple days a week? Part of the comfort of living together is having more quiet alone time together and I'm feeling robbed of it. I know it's not forever, but this is the longest stretch he has been offered. Um, I just wanted to be able to climb into bed with him after a long night shift, even if it's just for an hour before he goes to work. Would love your opinion on if I should just suck it up and wait it out or how to bring it up without sounding like a hypocrite. Thanks, overworked and undercuddled. What do you think? My first thought is finding out why he's doing it. Like, right. you, on, on her side, she's going, I Great miss my point. boyfriend. But why is he doing it? Does he feel more financially stressed now that you're together? Does right. he feel like he has to provide? Is there something he's saving up for? Does he feel like this is a limited opportunity? He's only going to do it for two months and then it's going to go back to normal. But like you right now, all you feel is my boyfriend's gone. But like, I can't tell you how many times people are like, He's never around. And then you find out he feels like he needs to provide more for you. And that this was always for you. You could not be more right. It is the perfect first question. Because if someone told me, if I'm living with someone, and I've been in this position, hey, cut back on on your work. And I'm like, but I'm doing this work so that I don't have to stress out about us. Do you know what I mean? I would be a little bit annoyed at that. I'd be like, hold on. My thought is I'm doing all this so that I don't have to do it 10 years from now, 11, you know, and if someone asked me, well, why are you doing the extra overtime? And then I gave a reason. Well, I want to get ahead in this part of the job or I want to be able to provide and I want to make sure, you know, you hear those reasons and it's either sweet or it could be bad. It could be I want to get the fuck away from you, you know, so that could be it too. I just feel like she doesn't have enough information because if she right. goes, hey, I miss you, then he feels guilty, but he de- he doesn't get actually to say why he decided to do this in the first place, which is like, if he's like, hey, I'm thinking we need to own a house and mm-hmm. this is an opportunity. And if I do this for a year, we can own a house or who knows, <laughs> or 
whatever, or he might have some financial thing pressing him that he hasn't told you. But I just right. feel like the first thing isn't to ask uh, for him to do something. The first thing is to ask why he's doing it. Yeah, because then you would end up, I would end up resenting the person. Yeah. Like I'd be like, I'm doing all this work with us in mind or with this thing in mind. You're not worried about my stresses. Like all you're worried about is not getting cuddled. Like this is yeah. life, kiddo. You know, like I would, and that's not a fair response, but that's the way I would respond of if course. someone was like, cut back. And like, and we go out at night. We do stand up at night. Like our schedule sucks. We travel all the time. We're on the road. If someone said to me, hey, cut back on the stand-up, I'd be like, you mean like my livelihood? My, my life, dream? The, my dream, the thing I care about most? I would also say, start with why, and then here's what you do. First of all, he can't keep this up forever. 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's crazy. He, five days a week. He's not going to do this forever, so I would say you can – There's. You're going to be okay. He, he, you know, this, this horse is going to wear itself out. Yeah. Here's what I would also say. Plan, make a plan. Make it so he has to not accept. Thank you. To not accept the, the overtime. Like, how about you say, hey, I want to do a night in on the couch with you. When can we look at, let's look at the calendar together to see what night would work for you. Yeah. Like work with him, not like he's working against you. And like she said, he's always been really accepting of her schedule right. and the unpredictability. So you don't want to, if he's never made demands on you, you don't want to start in making demands on him. So, right. so yeah. if there's a compromise where it's like every Tuesday, you, you guys both like you maybe don't work that day or you, you know what I mean, whatever. And then he doesn't do a 4 a.m. shift like. Hey, in three weeks. Yeah. Before he gets, accepts the, sh and do it before he can accept the shifts. Just be like, Hey, you know, first you ask why. I think that's the, the, the perfect first way to go. But then it becomes, hey, in three weeks, I'm going to keep my nighttime open. Will you keep it open too so we can do something together? Like yeah. now you've gotten ahead. Now you've gotten what you want. Now you're working together. You're negotiating. Did you know that a high thread count doesn't always mean high quality sheets? Brooklinen is here to put an end to confusing inflated thread counts because bigger isn't always better when it's time for bed. High quality materials are the most important element of a good sheet and not thread count. With Brooklinen, you'll finally get the luxury hotel level home essentials you deserve. See, this is what Brooklinen is all about. It's about forget all this jargon. We're not trying to sell you. We're not trying to, you know, we just is going to give you the best that's out there at a reasonable price because we've gotten rid of the middlemen. We've gotten rid of the store. We're going to send them right to you. Hotel quality. Brooklyn and works directly with suppliers and passes the savings on to you. That means incredible products at a reasonable price and it is fall. It is time. Refresh, refresh. It's time. New sheets, new bedding, new towels, new, 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 all beautiful, high quality, amazing stuff. And it really turns your apartment and home into a different type of place, more comfortable, more cozy. <clears throat> and they got everything. Sheets, towels, cozy robes, all for fall. Going to make your home a spa. So refresh your rest today with Brooklyn and best-in-class bedding. Go to brooklinen.com. Use promo code JTRAIN20 to get $20 off plus free shipping on your purchase of $100 or more. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code JTRAIN20 for $20 off plus free shipping on your purchase today. Finding the perfect suit is impossible, but finding a suit that's perfect for you is simple thanks to Indochino. Choose every detail on a suit, shirt, dinner jacket, and more for fully custom pieces. The affordable prices may surprise you. I, I got to tell you, it's the time of year where it's like, okay, got to put back on the suit. High holidays, um, you got Thanksgiving, you know, the Christmas, all those things are coming up. Also, the fall wedding season and going into work a little bit more often because we're back from the summer hours. Let me just tell you this. Indochino, the process is easy. I feel good in their clothing because it's made for my body. It's not a large or an XL. You're not going off the rack. This is made specifically for you. And when you fit in your clothes, you feel better, you walk better, you, you have a better day. Every suit is made to your exact measurements and you can customize every detail. Create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. They offer options for fabric, lapel shape, custom monograms, and more. Here's the best part. Indochino uh, suits start at just $449. And shirts start at 89 bucks. That's a good price point. 
Indochino also offers completely custom-fitted shirts, casual wear, and more. Get a wardrobe personalized to your style and taste without spending a fortune. They're always adding new pieces and options so you can stay on trend and in style. Design your perfect suit with Indochino. Get $50, $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more by using promo code JTRAIN at Indochino.com. That's $50 off a purchase of $3.99 or more at INDOCHINO.com, promo code JTRAIN. J train podcast at gmail.com J train podcast at gmail.com here with Liz Mealy at Liz Mealy the special it is out right now how what a what a gift for people it's out now while I'm inside of your head you can pause this go copy the URL email it to yourself and play it tonight so go to Liz Mealy's YouTube page stupid frat boy issue Jared, I'm a new listener. I'm obsessed. Here's my sitch. <laughs> I love that. I'm obsessed. Obsessed. That's right. Uh, so I just finished my first year of uni. At the beginning of the year, I had this friend group, and one of the guys and I started to get super close. He had a long-distance girlfriend, so I didn't think of it in that way. Over time, we started hanging more one-on-one, and I realized I had feelings but never acted on it, told anyone, or even thought he felt the same. This went on for a few months until one night drunk at a party, he told me he was in love with me, confessed all these feelings. We haven't told each other uh, from the past few months and tried to kiss me. He made all these big claims about breaking up with her and being with me, etc. I didn't let him kiss me and told him to go figure stuff out with her and we'll see in the future. We normally studied, hung out every day and texted after this night, radio silence. The friend group stopped hanging out, uh, hanging all together and I didn't see him for the rest of the year. Before everyone left for summer, we were all at a bar, and I ended up having a super short conversation with him. Hi, how are you? How was your year? Still pretty awkward. The next day, I texted him asking to grab coffee. I didn't tell him why, but my reasoning was to clear the air and not let this issue come into second year. Uh, Our friend group used to be so fun, and I wanted that back. He couldn't for whatever reason, but his final text was, we'll figure it out in August. He said something before about breaking up with her in the summer before coming back, which is completely fucked up, I know. Anyways, here's my question. Let's say he comes back single or not and wants to talk to me. Should I, one, hear what he has to say and tell him that I'm glad he came into my life to teach me that I don't deserve someone like, teach me that I don't deserve someone like him and I deserve so much better, or two, not talk to him and say it's fine. He hurt me a lot, and I know nothing he will say will change how terrible his actions were. So I do take my uh, chance. So do I take my chance to talk to him and tell him how shitty of a person he is and how he would never be able to be with me, or just forever hold my peace? What do you think, Liz Mealy? Well, I don't know if I missed something, but what did right. he do? Like, I, I did he say anything shitty, or did you? Because like this is just anybody can correct me if I'm wrong. I heard. We got really close. Right. He confessed that he loves me. Right. I said, you have a girlfriend. Right. That you need to figure that shit out. Right. And then we'll talk about it. And then you guys fell away from each other because I'm assuming he had not broke up with his girlfriend or figured anything out. Right. And so he left left her alone, which, okay, you know, like, to me, it's understandable that their friendship would go away after that. But Yeah. yeah. So, so my thing is, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, you had a fantasy of how this was going to go down and it didn't follow that fantasy. So now you hate him. She's being incredibly hard on him considering the information we have, because I agree with yeah, you. Unless he it said felt like something, I missed something. Either we missed something, like something wasn't there, or the way I'm interpreting it is you thought this was going to happen quicker and more seamlessly and right. less of an effort on his part and your part. And because it didn't, he's a bad guy. I don't know. He could still be a crap guy. But the truth of the matter is what he has to do, which is understand, because we don't know how close he is with his long distance mm-hmm. girlfriend. We don't know how long this was. We don't know anything about that. This might be a really hard decision for him and a hard thing to do, because even if he doesn't want to be with his girlfriend, he pr- probably cares about her and doesn't want to. Right. So this might not be a, hi, no thank you anymore, bye. And he's grappling with that. And I don't know, I I would be curious, if I was in her position, if if and when this happened, I would be curious to see what he did and what he went to went through and how he handled it. But this sounds like 
people in their teens or 20s that have never dealt with hard feelings, especially men. And he's not able to both talk to her, somebody he cares about, and figure his stuff out at the same time, which is understandable. I'm going to, I agree with you. You're giving him the empathy she's not giving him. Because she's hurt. And I I get her being hurt. And what she, and I can only speak to her. She's the emailer. She's also afraid because here's what happened. She got ahead of herself. She started liking him. She said she started liking him, didn't think anything of it. Then he confesses his love. She probably got excited. He goes off, disappears, and he's still with his girlfriend. Maybe, maybe, or maybe not. So she feels that this guy has some sort of ability to trick her into things. Like, so she's fearful. So now yeah. she's doing, she, she's writing things like, I'm. He taught me who I don't uh, teach me that I don't deserve someone like him. I deserve so much better. She's doing all this like self, you know, speak. She's pumping herself up and downing him so that she'll always remember not to go back down this guy way because it's treacherous and it's not fair to him. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. There are absolutely scenarios where you are better than them and they aren't treating you well. But I don't, with the amount of information we're given and this situation, <clears throat> it's mostly like it, this situation's causing her anxiety, right. which is making her feel vulnerable because she just told mm-hmm. somebody she cared about him and he made promises. And now she feels lied to and, and exposed. And right. those feelings are hard. They only get worse as you get older, and- by the way, because then now you have a home with somebody or you have kids with somebody. You get more and more vulnerable she's- as you get intertwined with somebody's life. And she's probably looking back being like, how the fuck did I go that route? So she's going, he tricked me, fool me once, fool me, you, you know, you're never going to fool me again, that type of thing. Because yeah. you can see just in the, and you and I caught on the same thing. She flipped a switch. At the end of this, he's evil, which yeah. I didn't see that coming because I was like, yeah. based on the information, again, we're going to say based on the information we have because we don't know, maybe there's something she's leaving out. We're, I'm willing to believe that. But at the yeah. based on this information, I'm going, wait a minute. Like, I thought she was going to ask, hey, when he comes back, like, how should I handle it? Like, uh, yeah. I, I'd be down. Like, And she is like, yeah. how do I tell him he's the most evil person or should I just have my peace? And it's like, you should do neither of those things, in yeah. my opinion. Like, yeah. to me, you have to forgive and forget. You have to understand that life is emotional roller, um, emotional bumper cars. Everyone's yeah. trying to figure, on their, figure out their own shit, and sometimes that bounces off of someone else trying to figure out their own shit. And that's and, like, yeah. you know, you got to give empathy in that. And I think the hardest lesson I learned as I've gotten older is how I handle my emotions and how I handle being uncomfortable is vastly different than other people. Totally. So, so when I get hurt, I absolutely pull away. I pull mm-hmm. away. I shut down. I can be in a room with somebody I hate and nobody would ever know because I know how to just shut down my emotions. And I also know that when I can't handle my emotions, I don't want to feel them. So I pull myself out of situations. But I have friends that as soon as I hurt their feelings, they call me up. They're like, let's talk about it. I know you didn't right. mean to say this, but this is what you did. And when I had, when I first started making friends like that, I was like, weird like why would you tell me that i hurt your feelings like just get over it when i realized i was never actually telling people when they hurt my feelings i never thought i could i never felt safe enough that i thought someone would want to be my friend after i said they hurt my feelings and and this person the guy she's talking about might feel the same way the the guy she's talking about might have no idea that she's taken this 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 harshly so if i'm her one, she has to accept. She also turned him away. I know he has a girlfriend. Right. And I, I do agree that she did the right thing. You have a girlfriend. Don't kiss me. Get your shit together. Fine. She handled that right. But guys are crazy. He could have been like, she rejected me. It, listen, we don't know how he feels. All She needs to assure herself that you're an adult that's going to be okay. You're not going to get fooled into loving this guy again. And and if you do get fooled into loving him, you're going to be okay after that again too. Yeah. So you have to be a little bit, I think she lacks a little bit of confidence. She has to be confident that she's going to be okay. And then if she's still angry, 
she's got to, you know, call this guy and be like, hey, I'm, I'm annoyed. You told me you liked me. Then you disappeared. It feels like I had a relationship with someone that I didn't even have. I didn't even get a breakup. I didn't even get. And, and I'm letting you know that so that you don't come back to me because look at how scared she is. She's going, what if he comes she's, back? Should I say she's not nothing? Annoying. You know, she's she's hurt. Right. She's hurt. And I think that's even harder is to acknowledge that you had this relationship that you didn't at the in the beginning know what it was. And then to find out that you're both on the same page, but somebody had to do more work and then they didn't do the work or they mm. pulled away completely. It's it's hurtful. I, and, and, uh, and also, I don't buy guy with girlfriend that confesses his love is like ready to jump into the next relationship. I, yeah. And, and so like, and I think we both know that, but you know, that's a different email that I thought was coming. You know, yeah. like, like this ends up being an email about, let me tell him how horrible he is. I think it's more tell him how much he hurt you, not yeah. how bad of a person he is. Jtrainpodcast yeah. at gmail.com. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Here with Liz Mealy. Go get the YouTube special. You don't need... That's how. That's the beauty of a YouTube special. You don't even have to get it. It's it's sitting right there. At Liz Mealy on Instagram, wanting to make amends. Jared, I've recently started listening to your podcast. It has completely changed my perspective on not only dating, but life in general. Whoa, that's too much praise. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll tell everyone about your podcast, and I'm sending you lots of feathers. Well, thank you. Last year, after a drunken night, one of the single guys in my brother's friend group confessed some pretty heavy things to me one of the single guys in my brother's friend group confessed some pretty heavy things to me including that a mutual friend caught my sister-in-law getting physical with another guy in the group while my brother was in the house he also told me that if i ever needed someone in my life to be a life partner he would be there for me i don't know what the fuck that means yeah but um, like a, i just I, my first thought was life coach I was like, is he going to tell yeah, you how right? to get your finances together? <laughs> it's going to get, help you organize. I, yeah. I tried to turn him down easy, but ended up telling him I was still in love with my ex and that I wasn't ready to date. So I guess he was looking at date, which was a lie. I honestly don't think he, he was or is in love with me, but it's just that I'm single and close to him. I don't know how to handle the situation because of the many different elements and handled it very poorly. I didn't talk to him about what happened afterwards and instead went to the mutual friend that had caught my sister-in-law. I ended up telling my brother about the situation. Essentially, nothing came of it except the guy who told uh, told me took a lot of heat with it uh, for it within the group. Because of my discomfort, I backed away from the group and I have not seen or talked to him in a year. Recently, I've been wanting to reach out to apologize for how I handled things and to restore a little bit of friendship. My question is, is this a good idea or would this be a self-serving act and end up be opening up healing wounds? Thanks, wanting to make amends. What do you think? Is this a woman? It seems as though it's coming from a woman. Um, it's so interesting to me because the pattern I'm seeing over and over again and this is as I mm -hmm. I'm very similar to this and trying not to be it is like I fucked up. How do I fix this? Did mm -hmm. you did you fuck up? You heard information right. that uh, could that you think your brother should know. Mm -hmm. And you told your brother because I'm going to handle this in two parts. And he the guy that told you is getting flack for it. That's crazy. And also you feel like you've pulled away from the group because you did something wrong when really you just was like, I care about my brother. He should probably know about this thing. Right. Second and on that one, hold on, before you move on to the second one, on that one, that kind of feels like the friend fucked up because it seems as though, based on how it all went down, the brother kind of knew this was this had happened or had dealt with it in his own way and the friend wasn't comfortable with how it was handled and then went to you to change how it got handled. Yeah. And to me, that's the friend really doing something, yeah, overstepping some kind of boundaries. boundaries. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm because so, why, I, well, why does, because in general, why does that, why does a sister need to be involved at all? Like if you right. need that information, you go to the brother, you go to the friend and say, hey, right. I saw your wife with somebody else in the group. Why are you bringing in siblings? Like, that's crazy. Let me let me put out this fire with some more fire is basically yeah. what they're doing. They're like, oh, you got, the house is on fire. I got this kerosene I can add to it. And you're like, get out of here. The other thing is it's a manipulative tactic, which is I'm going to show you I'm trustworthy because I'm going to tell on somebody. Like, right. I'm going to show you he, this that. Is, 
it's like a bonding thing. Because this is happening at the same time he's saying he likes her. So yeah. I like you. And here's a little bit of taste of the yeah. goods to let yeah. you know that I'm a, you know, a good dealer. Yeah. And she even said, like, I don't think this guy really likes me. I think I'm just close by and f- kind of familiar. So to me, and I think I think she's picking up on something, which is this guy doesn't really know how to connect with women. So he's throwing shit at the wall. You know mm. what I mean? This woman, this woman's close. I think she already knows me and she can stand me. So maybe she'll date me. Also, she, here's here's some information that I know that might be pertinent to you that make might make you feel safe. He's just the- trying to make this girl feel safe. I agree with that, him. but I would say my 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 only thing where I kind of like push back on her and on is that statement. The he's just getting I'm just the nearest closest single woman, and it's like that's not your responsibility to figure out. You know, to figure out his feelings. It's not to me because she even said she made up a lie to get out of him saying he wants to date her. This seems like another way to give yourself permission to turn him down. No, you're not into it. You're not attracted. You don't want to date him. Not maybe he feels that I'm the only single person. And I I think this is a good exercise. I I agree with you, but I also have been in that position where you're like, dude, you don't like me. You don't. Like you feel it as a woman. You know the difference between somebody excited about you and somebody that's like, I could date this person. Like, I think I could, I could score with this girl. Even so though, I think a lot of people do that because they're like, I don't, I'm turning down a good guy. Yeah. He's a box checker and (laughs) I need, you know, in in a world where it's hard to find love, who am I to turn down love? And it's like, well, you just aren't into them and it's okay. I, I understand what you're saying, but I, I think this type of talk like it's unnecessary and and also her email is asking you know (laughs) to like how to get in touch with him next well let's start by not blaming ourselves or you know you know let's start by saying i'm not attracted to him if you want to reach out to him because if you go in lying again you know he's gonna maybe you know you know big dog gonna eat you know, like he's gonna want to, he's gonna try and be attracted to you again, maybe. Yeah, and you have and to then be prepared. My for that. thing is, is in a real assessment way, do you really want to be a part of this group? They don't seem right. that great. Like it seems like they aren't very honest with each other. It seems mm-hmm. like they don't really have each other's back. And it seems like since you're not with them, they're not really that great of a friend group, are they? Like I had, right. I had a friendship breakup. This guy who was a really close friend of mine just, just, you know, hurt me. We talked about it and I was like, you know what? We all make mistakes. I've known you for like almost 15 years. And then he hurt me again. And I was like, I don't think this person cares about me as much as I do. So I just stopped talking to him and I have not heard from him in over five years. And it was just such a realization that I was valuing this friendship way more than he was. And you know what? It opened me up for a better friend group and better friends. Yeah. And and this does sound like a... I don't mean for this to be like a prideful thing, but it's like you haven't seen her talk to him in a year. He had your number. Yeah. He, he, he you know, the friend group, st- these people still exist for the last year. How come none of them were like, hey, let's do a dinner? How come no one's breached that? And and what she's doing, she's blaming herself because she did what anyone would do for their brother. And But it was all orchestrated by this group that doesn't really care about each other. Yeah, no, I just, I think you, when you're the one that feels somewhat ostracized or feel Mm. pushed out, you always think, well, I fucked up, but maybe the unit's toxic. Maybe the unit wasn't that great. Maybe you've grown away from that unit. And I think you have to acknowledge that. Here's what I would say to her. She's going to everyone except her brother. I would go to my brother. I think that's the thing. She, you could be scarred from this. Like the idea that you went to your brother with this information He's now still with his sister, your sister-in-law. He's still, nothing's come of it. I'd go talk with him and just be like, hey, it's been on my mind. I feel like I'm the reason this whole friend group doesn't exist. I, I, I Listen, I, I've forgiven and forgave. You know, I've, I, and f- I haven't forgotten, but I'm, I've, for- I've given forgiveness to your, your wife. I'm sure, you know, what happens in a marriage. Like, I would go to my, go to your brother with hat in hand. Not this yeah. guy who's... Yeah. 
30 million women experience weakened or thinning hair. Thousands of women have taken control of their hair with Nutrafol. Improve hair growth and less shedding through all stages of life. Begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. People, um, my mom has totally bought into Nutrafol. I send it to her every time because, you know, they send us stuff and I wasn't able to use it. She loves it. She's noticed a difference. Um, and Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding. It works by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and your metabolism. Never miss a dose by subscribing with automatic monthly deliveries. You may also notice less stress, better skin, nails, and libido. Grow thicker, healthier hair and support the show by going to Nutrafol.com. Use promo code JTRAIN. New customers get $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer available anywhere and only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, get free shipping on every order. So take $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code JTRAIN. Stand up for your strands and get Nutrafol. Podcast at gmail.com, Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Liz Mealy. At Liz Mealy on Instagram. Go follow, go follow, go follow. The special... It is on YouTube right now. I have to push people because an investment was made. You're going to love it. It's so funny. I, I, I got to ask the listeners, DM me with what your thoughts are because people come on with their YouTube specials and I'm always like pushing. And I wonder what people listening think when I say that. Yeah. Cause I, well, you know, I, it's I, kind of funny. Like somebody brings you on. I actually tell people like, they're like, do you want me to push the special? And I'd be like, yeah, can you tell them it has a million views? Like I didn't just like shit right. something out want- and nobody watched it. Cause to say you have a YouTube special, anybody could do it. You and literally right. a listener could go make yourself a YouTube special. Right. That's not a credit, but a well-received watched and, you know, appreciated right. one is an accomplishment. See- so, so that's the other thing is that like, that's what I appreciated. Like I have two full hours. One has almost three million views, and that mm. one has almost two million. So you're just kind of like, people are watching. It's right. not like it, it, you know. And you don't million, really know your numbers on like Netflix and HBO. So like a million matters, and you know, I it is interesting. Comedians aren't even looking for money. I mean, we're looking to like live and yeah. make money, but credibility is like such a thing that we're always trying to like earn out or be we want to be tapped on the shoulder and you know and it's funny because like you know you do the i did the tonight show all of a sudden i'm a comedian to certain people yes yes you know (laughs) and you go i and i understand it so with youtube and i understand what you're saying because we hold ourselves to such we're hard on ourselves so i would like to hear back from the listeners if you guys have feedback on how i'm presenting these specials i hope you guys go watch them because liz is fantastic and hilarious and you're getting the gift of laughter libido mismatch with my long-term partner jared big fan of the pod getting right into it my boyfriend and i have very different libidos right now Mine is pretty high and his is on the lower side. He and I have been dating for about a year and a half, although sometimes it feels like longer because we met as roommates, meaning we've been living together the whole time. That's interesting. My, that's how my sister met her husband. So they, really? were, they were friends, they were roommates, they were lovers, they were dating, and now they're married. What? So Wow, th- that makes the apartment bigger. <laughs> I- <laughs> yeah, they did. They made her room an office and then they right. shared a room. <laughs> He's 27 and I'm 26. I love him to death. I feel like we bring each other so much joy and support and all in all, it's one of the healthiest and most fun relationships I've ever been in. In the beginning, it's so healthy you're writing into here, but I, I <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning we had tons of sex. It was often every day, uh, multiple times a day. It started to taper off and at the beginning of this year, it really slowed down to the point that it was concerning to me about once, a, once per week. I kept bringing it up with him and it was kind of a sore spot for both of us for a few months. I was feeling hurt, unattractive, and disconnected from him intimately and was feeling like there was too much pressure around the subject that it was hard to enjoy sex. He also suspected his drop in libido had to do with some personal issues, like not being able to find a job, not feeling confident in his body, etc. Those are two very like honest, vulnerable, and fair 
reasons to not want to have sex. And I know men don't get that credit, but that is fair. I also think us living together this whole time may have sucked some of the excitement out of sex. We have since made a lot of progress in our conversations about it. We have set, we are having more sex now and the sex that we're having is hotter and more satisfying. However, we only have sex two to three times a week and I'm really a sex every day or every other day kind of girl. It makes me sad that I'm constantly the one that wants it more than he uh, and that he isn't as interested in sex as I am. He said he could uh, see his libido getting to the point again where he would want sex almost daily, but he's just not there yet. He still makes it very known that he thinks I'm super hot. I turn him on, etc. But I still find myself desiring more sexual intimacy and feeling sad, let down if we aren't having sex as much as I would like. At this point, I know I can all I can do is be patient and enjoy the sex we're having if I want to stay with him. But I'm worried that I'll end up feeling dissatisfied and unfulfilled in the relationship overall if things don't change. Do you think I can get past my own sex drive and meet him in the middle? Or will I always feel a longing for more? I don't want to lose him over something as simple as a couple more fights per week jared have you experienced a libido mismatch in relationships before if so how do you play out please help sad and horny what do you think liz mealy first of all this feels like this could equally be read on like playboy like a mm-hmm. playboy podcast and mm-hmm. like a women's pot like the bolt like he sounds amazing right and, she, and then from a guy's perspective she sounds amazing and they're both <laughs> communicating well i was like shut up right like you have no problems like it's like it it actually sounds like a really she's like he's amazing and we have great sex and it's super fun i just want to have more of it and every guy's like i'm behind you if you need me right Um, and 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 she's like two to three times a week no i need it every day and you're like (laughs) and and even that made her sound bad to me like when, like to put a number a daily, like you're sitting there with yeah. a clipboard and you're like, I checked it off for the day on to bills. Like it, it, it makes it hard on the other person, I think. And not to say it's not hard on her because I no. do understand being turned down feels bad, but right. Don't you think? No. And, and, and yes, being turned down never feels good. Also just like, like it's a guttural feel like you're just like, I'm very horny and this, I want to have sex with this person specifically. Mm-hmm. I just wonder like if there's some kind of comp, like when you do want something and they don't like, if there's some kind of compromise, like toys or right. like, can, you know, can I send you a video or like something kind of spicy, silly. I mean, you know, he doesn't have to watch the video. He can just write back like so fun, babe. Like, right. I, I don't know. Just something where, <clears throat> you can kind of get off but somehow feel connected to him i don't even know if it's like hey i'm gonna go masturbate in the shower just wanted you to know yeah i i i don't think masturbation and sex are the same thing but i do that was something i was gonna say as well like maybe maybe it's that they've lived together and it's tough to find time alone and maybe some masturbation time would help her out to like kind of fill in the gaps so to speak yeah i also think um you know there's I think there's different versions of sex. Like she's looking, she's talking about two to three times a week. I think she could, it, it might help her to like have some planned sex where it's like on the calendar. Like I've given this advice before for other couples that were like not having sex at all. But like the idea that like you guys are planning a night where it's like a date and then it's like followed by you two doing something that's a little bit outside of the norm that you can get excited about that you can you know fulfill each other's kind of fantasies but it's coming on a night like at the end of the month on the 30th of every month you guys do a special night so that that kind of like fills you know now that i don't know just finding different ways to to enjoy the two to three times a week as opposed to being like i gotta get more well i was gonna say so your room your roommates that became uh partners Mm. go rent a hotel in the same neighborhood like Mm -hmm. go do something get an airbnb and go have sex in someone's sex swing or something like i'm not trying to make this like kinky but like maybe the biggest thing is is that he you guys when you do have it it's great but maybe you need to be in a different space and i'm not saying go on vacation i don't think vacations solve any problems but you could easily 50 bucks each go get a hotel have like a fun night you know what i mean and go do something in a different space um or like you said, have a different type of date night where it starts out differently or ends differently. But I think some of it might be um, 
and, and going back to what you said about like his reasons for not wanting to have sex are so fucking valid and right. women have had it on the same thing women have gained weight or don't feel sexy in their body or are stressed at work and they just can't get so like his reasons are so valid and they're still having a fair amount of sex that I mm -hmm. think there's also a part of you that's like what can you do to just support yourself? And I understand masturbating and sex are very different, but right. what can you do to support yourself when he needs to have a little bit more time for him to support himself in whatever matters? Yeah, and she asked if this has happened to me. Of course it has. There are ebbs and flows to sex in your relationship. I'm, you know, I, I've been in places where it's like, it's been a month. And then you come back and then all of a sudden it changes. And you know what never brought me back was feeling pressured. Yeah. You know, like I, I think that pressure creates resent. You're going to be and, – and, and also you got to kind of train yourself to not take this personally. When you live with someone, it's, it's not – if every time someone like – if every time I was like, hey, I'm tired, turned into me – having to apologize and tell them how hot I think they are, yeah. I would get exhausted by that. I'd be like, oh, yeah. fuck this. I, I Listen, you need to have your own confidence. I can't be, yeah. you know, the confidence you get injected with every day. Like, I got I got, I got my own issues here, you know? Yeah. It also sounds like he's doing a great job with it. He's being open right? and honest. He's still making you feel sexy and beautiful. He's communicating. I mean, every relationship has and life is hard like you if you just were able to con con like concentrate on just your relationship maybe there wouldn't be so many ebbs and flows right. but you have work and money and family and friends and kids and and rent and like it's so much that all it takes is like one boss giving you an assignment you didn't want and you're like i fucking just want to sleep and never talk to anybody right and i i hate also this thing like i i don't hate it but i this idea of like i'm an everyday sex person it's like Everyone changes. Everyone, yeah. you know, like everyone wants sex. Everyone wants to feel loved. Like I, I think when you ascribe these, you know, designations to who you are, it it, it sets it up for like. Also, no one can levels live up to change. That. I feel right. like you're, you know what I mean. I don't know how old she is. I don't know whatever. But like I have, I have been all birth control affects it. Going off birth control affects it. The time, like how old you are, mm. you know, the moon crystals everything affects it so it's just like you you right. also have to like he might be he might be in his crystal moon phase mm -hmm. and it'll move on and you might then have your own kind of weird phase so i i agree with you that like this is just maybe a mismatch of phases but they will realign again j train podcast at gmail.com j train podcast at gmail.com let's do one more liz you got time for one more yeah at liz mealy on instagram go follow the special the Ghost of Academic Future. It is on YouTube right now. Respectfully keeping guys at arm's length. J Train, Feather Feather, first time writing in after responding to one of your travel day go solicitations on Instagram and realize I actually need your advice on this. I'm a 28-year-old female who got out of a very long-term relationship about seven months ago. Totally mutual, no hang-ups, etc. Took some time to process, and now I'm about three months into trying the apps. I'm meeting a lot of great dudes, having a blast. I'm in a place where I'm looking for something serious, but until I find that connection, I'm enjoying dating a handful of dudes I like and continuing to go on first dates. If I don't see potential with someone, I end it ASAP, depending on my level of attraction and the chemistry. I like having sex on the second date second-ish date with condoms of course the problem is that some of these guys have very rapidly between three and five dates in tried to become exclusive with me sometimes dating wise and sometimes sexually that is they want to be the only person i'm having sex with so they don't have to use condoms i have to say something to the effect of i'm not quite ready yet or i'm very cautious to avoid telling them outright that i'm actively sleeping with and interested in other people I feel weird about responding that way because it doesn't exactly answer their question. And I feel like it just kicks the, uh, the can down the road. I also don't want to turn them off because I usually do see them as potential long-term partner. How do I rebuff their request to be exclusive nicely without saying, I don't know if you if I like you and your penis enough to discontinue <laughs> my other options? Yours truly trying to be a decent fuck boy. What do you think? It's so interesting because... I, I thought this was going to go in a different direction, but like, mm. I, I'm not somebody that dates a lot in general, let alone dates multiple people. But even just when I'm just like one person, one date, 
when I know that I don't want to continue with somebody, I am so scared they're like going to murder me. I'm so mm. scared that like the rejection is going to like, when, especially when they like me and I don't like them. I'm so and maybe it's because I'm exposed in my social media and people know where I am every day sure. performing. But I genuinely get scared of turning people down because of how men respond to that. When it comes to guys that do want to be exclusive and or don't want to wear a condom, which is like, I, I don't care. Um, you know, I'm just like, that's not my problem. I, it's I such think, a... Yeah. No, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I just think like, I think she's handling it well. And the truth of the matter is by putting down those boundaries, you learn a lot about if you, I can't tell you how many times I put down a boundary with somebody that I may like or may un be unsure about. And the reaction to that boundary is what brings me closer or pulls me away. So That's, if I go, yeah. Go so ahead, if I sorry. go, hey, I'm not ready to be condomless or I'm not ready to be exclusive yet. And they go, you know what? I totally get it. Take your time they've just moved up a notch. I just got a right. little wetter. Like that's crazy. But that, if they go, I need an answer by Monday. I'm like, well, the answer's no. That's the win in this. She's looking at this. To me, the perspective is off. I, I think that's the proper perspective. Say whatever you feel, say what your boundaries are. The good ones will become better to you and the bad ones will become worse to you. And you'll now be able to cut off some people that, you know, she's like, she's sitting here saying, I don't know if I like your penis enough to yet to discontinue my other options. Well, this is a way to get to closer learn. to that goal. And this she says such a wealth of knowledge that she's presenting to herself in a way that most people don't get to because I'm very slow to have sex. Right. And that boundary itself calls off a lot of people. But I also right. think once I have sex, there's other boundaries. And now I learn even more. She's learning so much off the bat that can be really helpful to her making a decision. Right. And, and, the condom thing is is so frivolous to me. Yeah. And or the request to no condom is such a childish, immature request that honestly doesn't care anything about her. Yeah. It it literally doesn't care about her so at all. So yeah. when you are if you're saying, "Well, I'm seeing other guys," then you're taking care of yourself in the same way they're trying to take care of themselves. And you're going to find out very quickly how much of a match you are with this person. Because, yeah. the you know, it is such a... It's not like they're saying, hey, I want to protect myself and still use a condom, but I love you so much <laughs> that I want to know if you're seeing other people. They're not saying that. They're saying, saying this would be more pleasurable to me, to me and I don't have to worry about STDs if I could take right. off this condom and know securely that you're not fucking other people. And you're like, well, I can't give you that answer. So keep the condom. Right. So, so, and so that's why it's like she's avoiding this whole thing. I don't know if I like you enough to be, she shouldn't be avoiding it. I think she's got to lean into that. You got to say, no, I'm seeing other people right now and I'm enjoying being single and I'm trying to decide who's the best match for me and this is how I'm doing it. And yeah. if that drives people away, consider yourself the luckiest person alive because you yeah. just got a lot of your time back to go concentrate on people that will be the match, that don't sit there going, when can I stop wearing a condom? It's like, <laughs> you big fucking baby. Who yeah. gives a fuck? You're, you're having sex with a beautiful woman. Podcast at gmail.com. Liz Mealy, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you so much, dude. Everyone go follow Liz at Liz Mealy on Instagram, the special. It's called The Ghost of Academic Future. Go to youtube.com slash Liz Mealy and watch and enjoy and share it. We'll be back next episode. I'm Jared Freed. We're here every Monday with your emails. Keep sending them in. These were so juicy and wonderful today. So <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next episode. Boom.